Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello and welcome to episode 413 of the Chris and Sam podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Sam. Welcome along to your weekly fix of randomness, technology and life. Let's get into it. What have you been doing this week? Well, other than just bitching and moaning right now about my Samsung, um, <laughs> which I think is worth mentioning, because the Mighty Meizu was pretty good in terms of I could absolutely um, personalise my ringtone. For the last, I don't know, six, seven years with other phones and what have you, I've had the same text message ringtone. It's Blister in the Sun by the Violent Femmes. And if I hear that, if I actually hear that song on the radio, I check my phone. Like, I've had that for so long. Can't do that with this new phone. So I keep missing my text messages now. And uh, I get the same lame um, system ding for whether it's a text message, whether it's Telegram, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Facebook, because I put all those things back on my phone now. So it's just dinging constantly. So I just end up missing stuff all the time. So, yeah. They sure do seem to be dumbed down in that A series of Samsung phones, I've learned. I was playing with one yesterday. I had to – my ex's mum's phone apparently was running out of storage, so I got her an SD card, um, really cheap, put a markup on it. Anyway, went around there. Her phone had still 50% storage. Uh, it was the RAM she was looking at that was getting hammered, not the storage. And, yeah, the menus and stuff were so simple, and there was almost no settings for anything. It was real weird. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm glad it's not just me, but, it, it yeah, it it's sort of a little frustrating. Um, so, anyway, uh, if, if you are listening to this and you're wondering why it's hard to get hold of me, that is why. So I have to actually remember to look at my phone all the time. So, yeah, I, I'm a little disappointed in that. I expect which is better an, from which, Samsung. Yeah, which is annoying when you want to try and um, be productive and you don't want to keep staring at your phone. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, anyway, I have got loads of little uh, short bits and pieces. Some of them are a little older, um, which I haven't gone through for a bit. But do you have anything exciting or, or spectacular you want to share? Uh, no, nothing spectacular <laughs> or exciting. Uh, shout, out, <laughs> shout out to Liam. It's his birthday today as we record this. Facebook told me. Yes, yes, Liam. So, um, and the baby is I was about to tell soon. me that. Yeah. yeah the baby's uh, still in there. <laughs> yeah, the, the baby's still in there. The baby's due pretty soon by the looks of it, I think. Little, so, little Chris is still in there. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think uh, anyone should ever name their kid Chris, Christopher. It's just too common a name. Just don't do it. I don't know. Do you find that, Sam? Because Sam's quite a common name, really, as well. Sam is quite a common name. Do you do you find that frustrating? There's loads of Sams around? Nah, it's not that many of us. No. It's not super. No, we had, we had five Chrises at one time in the office. Um, which was pretty frustrating, oh, no. and, and I I just went by everybody just called me Hamlin, so surname. So yeah. I, anyway, I do have a story, Chris, that you'll like. Okay, go. Uh, these people at University of Cambridge, they've built a machine 
that uses solar power and it's going to break down plastic and transform CO2 waste into sustainable fuel. Huh, okay. So they, they're really excited about it, it seems. It's, they're calling it it's a reactor with two compartments. Um, one is a greenhouse, for, uh, one for greenhouse gases and one for plastic waste. It uses this new type of um, next generation solar cells. And basically, they're going to try and build it out for the next five years. And hopefully, they're going to end up with a giant recycling factory that's powered by solar that can break down uh, plastic bottles and CO2 into carbon-based fuels and other compounds, including synthetic gas. That actually sounds really good. Uh, I mean, it's just uh, early stage thing but they've built a concept and it's doing a little bit of what they want it to do already and it's just powered by the sun so i don't think you could get any better if this actually works absolutely no that sounds fantastic actually so we'll stick with the science theme i've got a little uh, sciencey one as well yeah um uci Researchers, I don't know what UCI is. It's a university of something, obviously. UCI researchers have invented all we need to the. Well, I'm sure it'll say it later on. Oh, it's University of California, Irvine. I was going to say California, but I didn't know what the I was for. Exactly, same, same. Okay, so anyway, uh, University of California, Irvine um, researchers have invented a technology that could change the way future batteries are made. Um, nice. Basically, they're using like a, a nanowire-based material. So they've been trying to do this for a long time. Uh, this is summarizing this article. Um, they've been trying to do this a long time, and they've tried you know gold nano- nanowires or coated nanowires um, with gold and all the rest of it, and it has a really strong conductivity. But the problem is every, uh, you know, they call it a cycle when you charge it up and deplete it as one cycle, right? So it'll only go for so many cycles and the nanowires crack and break and the battery's useless, right? So this person was playing around, Maya, was playing, uh, Maya Litai is her name, Uh, Maya was playing around with uh, various things in the lab and she basically coated a set of gold nanowires with very thin gel, and yeah. it's solved it. They just what? so instead of dying after f- uh, three or four thousand um, cycles, actually says the number here, so I might want to get it right. It in, so n- normally it's five, six, or seven thousand cycles at most. The the one she's done, two hundred thousand cycles. <laughs> That's what we need. We just so need batteries could last virtually forever. And that's 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 huge, as you can appreciate. That's I'm just amazing. thinking about my cell phone. That'd be amazing. But uh, of course, exactly, there's like far-reaching uh, applications more than the cell phone that I'm worried about. Yeah. So uh, what it says here: this groundbreaking innovation could significantly expand the lifespan of computers, smartphones, appliances, cars, and spacecraft. Um, and so, yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. Uh, so with the you know sun powered recycling and batteries that you know we're not have to keep pulling lithium out the ground every freaking you know day uh, that could make a every big difference day. to the planet. It, that is true. 
Um, I got a stat here. How many th- rockets were launched in 2022, do you think? Oh, how many rocket- rockets launched in 2022? Um, 40. That's a total uh, no. guess. No, it's the most... It's a record year. It's the most ever successful rocket launches ever, 180. Wow, that is a lot. Yeah, a lot of them were dominated by SpaceX and the Chinese government, obviously, and businesses. They're doing about once every six days, SpaceX is launching a rocket. Wow. There's more than 3,300 Starlink satellites floating around to give that communication. Um. Yeah, pretty crazy. And, yeah, and that Starlink thing's really screwing up astronomers, though, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's all over the place. Uh, New Zealand is on the list of um, successful rocket launches. So 76 to the US, 62 to China, 21 to Russia, and then 9 to us. We beat Europe. <laughs> yeah, Europe's bigger than us. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good going. It is pretty good. What else you got? You've got... Well, I want to talk about this Auckland rent thing. I thought this was hilarious, and I haven't read through it properly, but um, I'm going to go through for it. I think I know what you're going to talk about, but let's go. I think I've got some more stats for you. Okay, so there's a a man who lived rent-free in a million-dollar Auckland house for more than 30 years has been told to get out after claiming he should be paid to take ownership of the house. I'm like, what? What does that mean? <laughs> That's just crazy. So John Solomon Smith has been ordered to vacate a house in in Conifer Grove. He's lived there since 1992, when a Japanese couple bought it for 250 grand from a company he owned. Um, uh. They returned to the Japan at the time, leaving Smith and his family living in the house rent free, but paying for the upkeep. Yeah, that was after only visiting three times in '93, '94, and 2004, they decided to sell the house, and in February sent a letter asking Smith to vacate the house by the end of the year. Which I'm thinking is fair enough. You've lived there rent free for that long, like you know, um, very good deal. Oh yeah, yeah, you could say so. So when he was presented with a, uh, oh, he, he offered to buy the house, like, oh, I've been living here so long, I'll just buy it. And they said, oh, yeah, it, it costs a million dollars. And he went, no, it's in crap condition, which is the whole point of why he got it for free, because he was supposed to upkeep it. So if he's saying it's in crap condition, then he hasn't been doing his job. He should pay but, back rent, in my opinion. No, anyway. no, no. He's claimed that he spent $1.09 million on upkeep over that 30 years. Then, Oh, so he should get it for free. Then he wants the owners to pay him $31,000 to take ownership of the house. That's Um, just ridiculous. He he has created invoices which were raised by his own business, yeah, using a computer application that didn't exist when the invoices were raised. But don't worry about that. That's a side fact. But, um, yeah... It's pretty random. Like, he had a good deal. He had I such wonder, a good deal. I wonder if he didn't um, un- didn't know when it was going to come up. Like, it just went on and on forever. Like, he was just like, okay, maybe it's just one year or a couple of years. I don't know. Yeah, that, that, that saying, you know, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. 
Um, I suppose you can look a gift horse in the mouth once it's dead, but still, it's a bit rough. Yeah, that's true. It's a bit crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't anyway, know. That's all I was going to say about that, to be honest. But I mean, it's it, it's a it's a far cry from like I saw a um I think there was a listing on Trade Me for a room for rent, and it was like I think it was a boat on a lawn, and you know somebody's going to pay for that because rent in Auckland, you got to take it. Yeah, I know. Thirty years rent free—that's ridiculous. I want one of those deals. Jesus. There's got to be more. There has to be more to that story. It must be a family. Is it a family member? There's something weird going on there. I don't believe it at face value. Yeah, oh, I I think that whole thing about him being Japanese is a big part of it because the oh, Japanese okay, yeah. don't they're, they're sabers, right? Like culturally, and yeah. um, so. The idea is I've got an asset that's sitting there doing nothing. As long as somebody's um, looking after it, I don't have to worry about it. So, yeah, I think, you know, maybe we need to make some rich Japanese friends and sort some stuff out for them. I follow a – yeah, yeah. I follow a Facebook group called Abandoned Places, I think it's called. Abandoned Houses, something like that. And it's all these people in New Zealand and they'll just share pictures of abandoned houses and sometimes they'll go into like an abandoned, you know, mental uh, hospital and take some photos. And some of these houses that they will think, they'll be like, nobody's been in this house for 10 years. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, they've got Japanese owners that aren't in the country. They're fine, like, just leave it. But interestingly, you really shouldn't share some things on the internet because the other day, somebody, the, oh, and one of the key points of this is you're not supposed to mention the actual location of where this photo was from. But people always talk about it in the comments. So there was an old truck sitting around somewhere on the side of the road for the last 30 years. Hanging off the back of it is some sort of, I think it was a Lotus old car, just hanging oh, yeah. for 30 years. They posted it on Facebook. Next day, the the car got stolen. Yeah, yeah. Social media, absolutely cool. Actually, I've got something I want to share with social media. Unfortunately, it's a bit of a visual gag, but so we'll have okay. to put the video on the um, on the website. Yeah, but it's I have to mention it because it's just too funny. So this is in Germany, and there's a uh, proposed coal mine protest. Have you heard about the mud wizard? No. So. I, no, I haven't, but the coal mine protest has happened and Greta Thunberg just got pulled away by police. They just, these video yep. Yep, yep. of that. So she was there. But they've been going on about this other video. I mean, it's, it's the same place. Um, yeah. And they, it's called The Mud Wizard, and you got to watch it. So there's riot police. There's all these riot police there. Um, and, and the way this video is filmed, it's from the side of the protesters. So I don't know how many protesters are because they're all behind the camera. I can't see them, right? Behind the guy holding the phone or whatever. Um, but there's this line of, of um, <laughs> riot police and they're coming forward in, in small bunches and they're getting stuck in the mud. And there's this guy ro- dressed up in like wizard robes and he keeps running over and pushing them over and running back. And these, these cops are trying to get up out of the mud. And this wizard dude is just not sticking in the mud or I don't know I'm, what he's doing. I'm and he just keeps running forward and pushing them over and running back and running forward and pushing them over. And this one guy's holding up this whole line of riot police. It is freaking hilarious. <laughs> I don't know 
yeah, I don't know how he's almost floating above the the mud. I know, because he's wearing boots by the looks of it. I was like, oh, maybe he's barefoot or something, but it looks like he's wearing boots, and so are the cops. I just don't get it. I think the cops are just top-heavy with all their riot gear on, maybe. Yeah, that must be something like that. But yeah, it's it's definitely worth a look. I, I thought it was hilarious. One of the funniest things I've seen for a while on that. Actually, speaking of um, protesters, I thought this was pretty cool. Uh, t- Tamil protesters in Sri Lanka. Uh, I, and I'm really only going to talk about the headline for this because it was just hilarious, I thought. Yeah. They gathered in protest and then they brought the, um, the, the officials brought out the uh, water cannons. And so uh, the Tamils just, they all pulled shampoo out of their back pockets and started washing their hair in the, in the water cannons. What? <laughs> That's one way to do it. Uh, I mean, in terms of protest, that's brilliant because it just got the message all around the world because that got shared a lot. There's these Twitter photos of people, like, um, getting counted with this thing and they just <laughs> watch me with shampoo. <laughs> uh, if some shampoo company doesn't use that as an ad, I, I think they're missing a trick. Off the top of your head, is there something that you'd go and protest for? Like, no doubt. Like, I don't know. I, I, I can't answer that. Uh, no, not nothing gradually no, no, where no. I'd yeah. jump up and, yeah, I can't, I can't no. think of anything. I'm sure something... Would but I didn't. I didn't think you would have a uh, a hundred percent cause that you could just go straight to. Then that's okay. Well, maybe the mannequins thing. Um, so Kabul's mannequins. Uh, if that happened over here, I, I'd do that here. So the mannequins in Kabul and all the stores in that, they have to be hooded and masked uh, if they're female under Taliban rules. <laughs> <laughs> Just okay because no. they're showing off um, no. the clothing. Obviously, they're not they showing lingerie. The I'm pretty sure, <laughs> but they're showing off clothes. So they've got to put hoods over their heads of if the female. It's just the most ridiculous no. thing. No, I don't know. They are using tailored sacks to match the dresses they are modelling to make it look super nice. Because the guy said, I can't cover the mannequins' heads with plastic oh, or damn. ugly things because it would make my window and shop look ugly. Yeah, it's just crazy. Um, now, do you remember we talked about guess, um, yeah. the Norwegians killing that walrus uh, about six months ago? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had been... Yeah, everybody liked it, and they said people shouldn't go near it, and people were going near it anyway, so they went, oh, we'd better save people, so we, they went and shot the thing. Uh, it was a bit of an uproar. It was, it was pretty rough. Well, the English have done the pretty much opposite of that, and this was yes. um, New Year's, so this is a couple of weeks ago. But a New Year, I'm going to read the article because this little post here um, from, what is this, uh, BBC. A New Year's Eve fireworks display had to be cancelled at the last minute to protect an Arctic walrus discovered in Scarborough. The event was called off over fears it could cause distress to the mammal. Um, The welfare of the walrus has to take precedence, um, Council Leader Steve Sutton said. So they 
I mean, the walrus drew crowds after arriving. Okay, okay. And then they said, oh, we've got to do this um, fireworks display. No, we can't because of this walrus. So they, they cancelled it. Yep. Now, I put this on my list of things to talk about, you know, after New Year's. It popped up and we, you know, I've only just got to it. But I noticed it was... Um, put on Stephen Colbert and I don't know what story he was look, reading because it wasn't on the um, BBC but it said uh, his, his headline was fireworks um, called off because of a masturbating walrus so I'm not sure what's going on there yeah uh, obviously one of the Sunday newspapers in the uh, it could be a UK bit of creative license uh, there or, uh, yeah. I don't know <laughs> They'll do it for a walrus, but I bet they would have gone ahead and probably scared a whole bunch of other animals. Uh, no worries. So scientists oh, scientists love studying mushrooms. I think that's a fair call. Yeah. Yeah. So they now seem to think that they can communicate with each other with a 50-word vocabulary. There's a mushroom language, Chris. Mushrooms can. Yeah, oh. so... And is that through the, um, uh, what is it called, mycelium under I the so, ground? yeah. But what the they've network. done is they've jammed electrodes into mushrooms. They're measuring electrical spikes, which are emitted by the mushrooms, and they sort of just match those spikes up to human language to try and get their head around it, I think. Um, but the most frequently used words do not exceed 15 to 20 words. So on average, there's only 20 uh, of these spikes, I guess. It says, we probably won't ever see fungus as an option on Google Translate, but it did uh, give a little bit more insight to the magical world of mushrooms. Mushrooms are interesting, or all fungi um, are interesting, I've got to say. I think there's a lot, lot to study there. I could understand that studying that to be honest um yeah yeah mm, okay Crazy. uh you got any other sciencey interesting ones there because i've got a really sort of a bit of a dumb one really well i think it's a bit dumb but it, have you do you remember the do you remember the pina colada song literally that's the word isn't it is it, it like pina colada yeah it's not called the pain yeah it's not that's not the name of the song, but everybody knows it as the yes, Pina I have Colada heard of song. it. Yes, right. And do you know what the story? This the song's a story, right? No, you know what their story is. No, in, in the song, he's like he's um, not happy with his marriage, basically. So he starts um, going. Well, it's not online, but um, into newspaper things how they used to do online chat yep. when they didn't have online um and he gets this chick and then he goes to meet her and the whole crux of it is i walked into the bar and i knew her face in an instant da 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 it was it was oh my missus <laughs> okay <laughs> well well this has just happened uh well no it's not just happened because this is old but oh, i don't know i don't know why it's come up now but anyway um, a Bosnian couple divorced after discovering both had an online affair with each other under fake names. Uh, what are the odds of doing that? I don't know. That, 
But doesn't that mean you're like suited to each other because you like started talking to each other again? Yeah. Actually. I know, but as soon as I saw it, I was just like, this is just the Pina Colada song, which predates it by 20 years. Pina Colada song is called Escape. So, Escape, that's right. I love that song. Well, as a kid, I loved that song because I just, this is me though. I like um, stories, songs and stories. So, I always have that sort of thing. Anyway, um, Sana Cleric 27 and Adnan 32 from. Zeneca, Bosnia, had marital troubles, so they were secretly chatting and having an online affair. In a chat forum, both husband and wife found each other unknowingly under assumed fake names. <laughs> Sweetie and Prince of Joy. <laughs> <laughs> Prince of Joy. Uh, both, and both poured their hearts out about their marital problems, which is hilarious because they're going, that bastard. <laughs> <laughs> talking about each other to each other. <laughs> it's almost it a sitcom it in sound, itself. It doesn't sound real. Uh, like, if you start talking, at some point you must I be know. like, this sounds really familiar. Oh, he works where? He does what? Oh. Well, with, with time, they both realized they were perfect for each other and wanted to finally meet in person. What? Uh, but when they finally met in person, it wasn't a happy ending, each accusing the other as being unfaithful. And now filing for divorce. I guess. <laughs> because they weren't divorced yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. This does sound way too much like an onion thing. Maybe it's. Maybe I don't it know, because I think. But anyway, it just, it just cracked me up. It cracked literally, me up. Literally, if, if you talk to someone, sometimes you might say, What do you do for a job? Like, I don't know, or something. I'm sure. Yeah, even. even I think even online faster than in person is my experience. Oh, you reckon? Uh, yeah. Unless, unless they uh, didn't talk maybe. very long online and they just decided to meet straight away. Uh, <laughs> there's a really good story on Wired uh, that came out at the end of last year. And it says, you can shoot a movie on a phone. Just don't expect it to be easy. Right. And it's about a filmmaker called Jessica Yuli Henwick. She made a short film called Bus Girl, and it's all shot on a mobile phone. Now, this has been done before, and she says that. She says, look, some big directors have done yep. that, but what you find is sometimes they'll have a phone, but they have a full camera rig on the front of it. So they're still carrying around a giant lens and all this, but the phone's at the back. These guys did it with just the phones. Yeah. And she used a Xomi My 11 smartphone because it has the largest camera sensor available today. And they used a different piece of software to bypass the actual phone's um, recording stuff. So they're using all the technology of the phone, but they're using a different app, basically. And it it talks about what's hard about shooting with film and stuff, and it's a pretty good article. But one of the cool things was she was like, well, we shoot on this one phone, but the other phone is doing focus pulling. So we're doing the same stuff, but we're just using multiple phones. So she said they had a whole bunch of phones, and um, one of the biggest things was they couldn't mention that they filmed on a phone until at the very end of the movie because there's a preconception that it's going to be terrible straight off the bat. But there's some screenshots on this article, and it looks pretty good. 
Now, don't. It's a short film, so. I think, um, I, yeah, I, I absolutely think the cameras we've got these days in phones, particularly a high-end phone, um, are so much better than what they were shooting with on film in the 70s exactly. anyway. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's better anyway. So uh, there's no reason that you can't do a really good job with it. And then it becomes down to creative choice on how you take the shot, where you take the shot, how you exactly. edit that you know, yeah. cut from shot to shot and all those sorts of things. And there are things that phones can do that bigger cameras just cannot do. So they can get into it. Exactly, that's what she space. says, yeah. They can and, get some pretty cool um, angles and things. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. We'll have a link in our show notes oh, yeah. to check that out. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, make sure you put the link in because I actually want to read yeah, that yeah. now. <laughs> uh, that brings us to the end of the podcast, this week's uh, amazing episode, 400 and whatever, 13? 413. 13. Yep. What's happening? Um, yeah, so this weekend I've got a rehearsal for um, Surgical Precision. Nice. Uh, so some of you listening may have helped us out with the funding when we were uh, crowdfunding that on Boosted. Uh, so thanks for that. So we've got the rehearsal this week and then two weeks after that, yep. two weeks after that, um, we've got the... Or, yeah, it's not the following weekend, it's the weekend after. Yeah, we've got the first shooting weekend and then the second shooting weekend nice. following that. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I've got, I'm supposed to get some rig to uh, break an arm by Saturday, and a, I am not going rig well with to that. Break an arm. Uh, oh, so it looks like a broken arm. I've got a, I've got a, oh, I a, see. A, an effect. For a broken arm, so I've got a stunt uh, where I do a, a, a fairly yeah. significant fall. But we've we've you know I talked to Adam in the last weekend, and he's reassured me that um, we will be doing that last. So if I can't walk, oh, it won't affect the film. So I feel much relieved yeah, after that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I've got a bit of a stunt. That's going to be in the obviously the sec- end of the second weekend, um, and and part of that stunt is this breaking of the arm, but obviously they're not going to break my arm. Uh, so we have to make something that looks realistic and I am struggling. So if you have any ideas, okay. let me know. But otherwise, uh, that, that's the big, uh, what I've got. Very to- good. Uh, I just got work. I probably should do some pumpkin carnival stuff. We've got a meeting on Monday. I haven't done anything and I don't really want to do anything. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Oh, uh, you need to get a uh, somebody to start taking over there. Yeah, there is no one. It's a, it's a problem. Anyway, uh, until next time, I'm Sam. I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friends.